Radical, episode 208, take two. <laughs> Welcome back to Radical, ladies and gents. I'm your host, Shane Hazel. Uh, as you guys can tell, it is uh, it's early morning. Um, you know, I've got this, uh, my, my voice is a little bit different in the morning, guys. Like when I'm when I'm not up, I haven't had coffee and all that kind of stuff. Like I just had to get in. It's uh, Tuesday morning. It is April the 12th. And I spent the weekend down in Miami. Uh, welcome to everybody who's here, who's new, who's who's been around forever. Uh, thank you guys, man. I, I love you guys to death. This weekend was absolutely one of the coolest weekends, um, I think, in my entire life. Uh, went down to Miami and uh, got into the, the Bitcoin conference and... I'd, I'm going to take the show and I'm going to talk about this because I, this is this is what kind of an impact it had. You know, I've, I've obviously been um, talking about Bitcoin a lot lately. Uh, this this event has solidified and focused everything that we've been doing uh, in in the space of liberty, in the space of Bitcoin, in the space of you know family, in the space of homesteading, community, you name it. Like this is a paradigm shift for everything and it's such a it's such a i don't know really neat um smart uh charismatic i i just i don't know if i have all the words especially this early for god's sakes for for the experience and and i mean like this takes humanity and it takes its best parts it takes its best um, you know, parts of culture. It takes its best reinforcing mechanisms of, you know, family and cooperativeness and consensual agreement and peace and, and liberty. Um, it is economically a behemoth uh, in terms of what it's going to do, how it's going to revolutionize the world. I mean, and, you know, this this crowd that I've met, you know, to, to understand who they are and the tool that they have at their fingertips. All I've got to tell you is this is it. This is, I'm more convinced than ever that we can push away all the, the noise and all the bullshit. And this is the uniting factor. This is, Hey man, I don't care what you do. Just leave people alone. Don't, don't hurt. Don't hurt them. Don't take their stuff. This is, this is the cultural shift. This is the economic shift. This is the decentralization vehicle. This is the liberty vehicle for, for everything. It is what can help us unwind you know, the, the empire as it falls into more of a, a soft landing. And not only you know, catch it, but to reform a better society based in consent and liberty and the separation of money and state and, and take us to an absolutely, I don't know, an, an evolved place as a human species. And not, I can't tell you like this. I'm, I'm so excited about this and I'm, I'm excited to help everybody understand the amount of people in the space that I've gotten to become friends with over just the past weekend. I mean, it, I, I, I don't know how to, I, I'm going to tell you guys about it. So maybe that's where I should start. Uh, first and foremost, thank you uh, to Alex over at Swan. Um, Swan Bitcoin, guys, if you don't know who they are, they are an absolute phenomenal organization that's working in the space. Um, you know, there are a bunch of guys and, and gals that have uh, really, they've done pretty well, I think, already. Uh, and they are giving back a lot of their time, a lot of their effort. And it's, you know, you know a business, but, you know, in terms of what they're doing, in terms of education, in terms of helping people find jobs in the space, they're doing all that extra. You know, that's that's the thing is their business model in terms of taking care of their customer is second to none. And so, you know, first on my list in the space, um, Alex uh, from Swan, brother, you know who you are, man. I uh, got to meet up with you that first night. But uh, before that, you know, I was like, hey, uh, you know, anybody that might have an extra ticket, it was, it was late in the ball game. I think it was like, uh, you know, the, the week before and trying to find a ticket at that point, you know, to buy off somebody so that they weren't holding the ticket or whatever, um, was really what it, I, you know, what I had to do and to organize all of the, the travel was kind of a, kind of a nightmare, but, um, the Alex put me in touch with Natalie Brunel. She's 
um, one of the, you know, the, I guess the big personalities over at uh, Bitcoin Magazine. And not I guess, like she is. Um, and Natalie was so kind uh, to help me find a ticket and put me in touch with uh, Miles. If you're out there, man, thanks again for the ticket. I appreciate it. Um, so I got down there. Uh, it was late Thursday when I when I arrived, and the the conference was you know just still it was still going. It was one of those things where you know I kind of walked in and um, I text my buddy Alex Fetsky, the guy that you guys know from uh, Bitcoin is not democratic in the uh, that series that we've been going through. And I said, hey, man, I'm here. I'm uh, just down here watching uh, Michael Saylor, uh, the, the CEO, CTO, I guess, of uh, MicroStrategies. And uh, if you guys don't know who they are, they're, they, uh, he was one of the first guys to jump into uh, Bitcoin Huge. And I don't know how many thousands of Bitcoins MicroStrategies took on um, in terms of a, a investment, um, but way ahead of his time. And you know what it's done for him and his clients, I think, probably – will be written about in a, in a lot of history books, but, uh, you know, kind of walked in and I saw, uh, you know, him speaking on stage and, you know, it was, it was interesting to, you know, walk in and see this giant arena, then orange, orange lights, you know, it looks more like a rock concert than it does anything else. And, you know, hats off to everybody that, uh, planned this, uh, from Bitcoin magazine. Absolutely. Um, a spectacle to behold, you know, the, the lights, the sound, uh, the stage, all of it, just extremely professional, amazing. And um, as I'm going back and forth with Alex, as I'm down there, he's like, yeah, man, I'm about to hit the stage up here in the Genesis room. So I took my butt from the uh, the Nakamoto room up to the uh, Genesis room. And the difference between the two areas, um, as I was kind of leaving the, the Michael Saylor talk, it was kind of flat, you know, and I, no offense to Michael Saylor or any of, any of those guys. Um, I think they're comfort, uh, comfortable. I think they talk about this kind of stuff all the time, but it just seemed like there wasn't a ton of energy. And then you get up into the Genesis room and this place is buzzing. Uh, this place is like, it, it's Bitcoin maxis, you know, Bitcoin maximalists. These guys are, they're not into crypto. They are into Bitcoin and Bitcoin only. Um, that's, you know, that's where we're at. Uh, we're, the crypto stuff is noise. And what was funny about that is um, on this paddle, uh, Luke uh, Rosinski from the uh, Tim Pool podcast that I've, I've met in, uh, a couple times in the past, he was, uh, he was hosting the panel and uh, a couple other guys up there as well. Uh, BJ from Canada, who did a whole lot of uh, work with the uh, the truckers in Canada, was up there, and a couple other guys. But um, you know, notice notable for me uh, was my buddy Alex. And so, uh, I guess one of the questions came up from from Luke, and Alex took the first poke at him. And the question was, is kind of what, what do you see as the attack vectors in this space for Bitcoin? Uh, and in typical fashion for Alex, you know, he's like, I, I want to answer this question first. Um, I'm going to tell you what it is. And, you know, he just went into absolutely crushing crypto. You know, everything that's not Bitcoin is noise. Uh, it is, it is the attack vector. It is, you know, not the, not the signal. Uh, Bitcoin is the, is pure signal, ladies and gents. I mean, it is, this is what it is. It is. I'm not going to say it's perfect, perfect, but I'm going to tell you, uh, there's nothing else out there that's going to compete or unseat what's going on with Bitcoin. The, the, the brain power, the, the engineering, the culture, everything that's already behind this, it's already, this behemoth is in motion now. So, um, he does that. And, uh, as soon as they're off stage, you know, crowds gather and, you know, people are, you know, walking around and I finally get to, you know, poke through, uh, and, and, you know, see these guys for the first time. I'll tell you, um, this crowd, it's a hugging crowd. If you're not into hugs and you're not into, uh, good vibes and love and all that kind of stuff, don't come to Bitcoin because you're going to get hugged a lot, man. It's, it's really kind of, uh, a fascinating, uh, fascinating crowd to say the least. So I, uh, um, you know, got to hang out and talk and you, that's what you do at this conference. And I'll tell you, um, a lot of what goes on, on some of the stages, yeah, you know, whatever, uh, it, it's, it's okay here and there. Um, 
a lot of times you're almost even left disappointed. If, if you really know the space and you, you've been studying it for a while, a lot of times the people that they bring in that are, you know, are just big names, maybe has a, a blue check mark. They haven't done the research. They haven't done the study and you can tell, you know, that's, it's the thing about Liberty. It's the thing about Bitcoin is you can tell who's faking it and, or who just might not be as far down the path. And I think that's important too, which I'm not going to talk about right now, but you guys have heard me talk about, you know, if you're a new libertarian, like you're new. Um, and for those of us that have been here that have gone, you know, and cap and all that kind of stuff, you're, you're a long, long way into your study, into throwing off indoctrination. And that's, that's a journey that you had to take by yourself. It's the same thing with Bitcoin. So these people who are, are new to the space, uh, you know, it's, it was a Bitcoin conference with a lot of crypto people there. You're not going to see a crypto conference with a lot of Bitcoiners there. If, if that's, if that makes sense to you, if, if, you know, crypto companies were holding a Bitcoin or if crypto companies were holding a, a crypto, uh, conference, the Bitcoiners, the Bitcoin, you know, maximalists, they're not going to be there because they see it as a waste of resources and a waste of time and a waste of money, um, a waste of Bitcoin, uh, a waste of time to be stacking sats. But in this space, Bitcoin uh, magazine, you know, has obviously allowed uh, crypto to come in and I wasn't there for the industry day and I'm, I'm kind of glad I wasn't. So I'll kind of back up to that because as I was, you know, as I was coming into the space and kind of hearing what had happened during industry day, a lot of the, the Bitcoin uh, maximalists were upset. Uh, they were kind of sick and I don't, you know, I don't blame them. I, I think it is important to kind of maybe, you know, I'm an older guy in the space, guys. Like they're this the space is 20, 30 year old dominated. There are some older people, don't get me wrong, but I mean I'm gonna tell you right now, like this is a very young space. And I think it's out of necessity and brain power and everything else. But maybe I can lend a little bit of wisdom on this for some younger people in the space. Is that grace and that wisdom uh to be able to kill people with kindness and to to educate people. Uh, some of the, the greatest guys I met down there are really good at this. They run um, Toxic Happy Hour on Spaces. It's, a, it's another uh, Bitcoin podcast. Uh, Anders and Pubby, uh, man, absolutely kick ass to meet you guys, hang out with you, get to know you like brothers, man. Um, and they're, they're, they're wise. This space is full of people like that that want to help provide wisdom, help provide life experience. And I'd be, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, you know, this is a space where, you know, we could be mad at crypto, you know, for, for showing up and trying to, you know, get in on, you know, the, the, I guess what's the wealth for lack of a better term of what is going to be uh, the future of Bitcoin. But there's also an opportunity and there's this opportunity that exists to bring young people who are maybe more about this, you know, I got to get mine type of culture to no man, we need to, we need to do something for others. We need to be charitable. We need to uh, prevent people, you know, or help at least, I guess, educate people uh, from getting taken by these shit coins and the shit coin casinos and the scams that are, that are shit coins. Cause you know, if, if we see this and we know it's happening and it's in our space, you know, it's, it's, it's like a, it's a duty. And the, and the best way to do that is not to club these guys over the head, you know, call them idiots and assholes and, you know, grifters not, not that there aren't those people in the space, but they're going to get found out. You know, there are people who are, I think, just unknowing. And then I think there are bad actors in, in the crypto space, right? It's just a thing. But as, you know, some of the the, the elder statesmen, I guess, in, in this kind of thing, right? It's, uh, you're kind of looking at this going, man, this is a great opportunity to practice a lot of what I've learned uh, in liberty circles, you know, is empathy, is is caring about these people and showing them, you know, through light and love that their casinos are just that man. It's you're, you're over time. You've got an extremely good chance uh, 
of crapping out, of losing your money. And that's not what we want to see. We want to see you have, you know, just Bitcoin coming out of your ear. Satoshi's everywhere. Uh, not only for you, for your kids, for your grandkids, their grandkids. I mean, real generational wealth. That's, um, that's it's totally different mindset. And the, the culture and the um, industry that is being built by Bitcoin and not the not the other shit coins is absolutely on display for people to see down there. Um, I guess maybe that's the, the next thing I'll kind of hit on is uh, when I, when I got into the convention hall and started to see and look around at all the companies that are popping up right now in this space, you know, this entire ecosystem, this new economy that is being built out and where it's being built out first. And you notice a few things, obviously, uh, finance is there, um, getting people on board, uh, in terms of doing a, a DCA DCA, uh, just means basically a, a, a scheduled, uh, allotment, you know, to, uh, in terms of like every week, every month, every, every day, I don't know, um, dollar cost average, uh, to, to dollar cost average in basically what you're doing is you understand that over time, this asset as the market cap goes up is just, is going to get, uh, less and less volatile, right? Like the, the peaks and the valleys, the dips, uh, that you see right now is just because, the volume in Bitcoin, I think when we were at uh, 50,000, it was right around uh, 1 trillion is in, in terms of market cap. But as you start to see, you know, trillions and trillions more pour into the space, it's it, it's going to smooth out uh, in terms of, you know, the the volatility or its reaction to the fiat system and, and what's going on with the Fed and, and everything else. So, you know, obviously liquidity on the outside affects what Bitcoin's being priced at on the inside, along with a lot of other things in terms of like, you know, where they're going with interest rates, uh, everything that would happen um, where, you know, senators and congressmen and presidents talk uh, in terms of legislation or executive orders, whatever, you know, like, you know, some of that stuff reacts, like people are moving money here and there. And, you know, that's, that's the nature of, you know, what fiat currency promotes. Uh, you know, it, it promotes gambling, but I digress. Go back to what I what I'm seeing in the space, and a lot of what I'm seeing is um, advancements in computing power. Um, you know, these ASIC miners that mine Bitcoin. The fact that you know they're either selling to an individual, uh, they're corporate or industrial type solutions to see how uh, different organizations are uh, kind of solving problems. Uh, in, in that space, whether it's, you know, the, uh, the ant farms where you've got like a mining rig, which is, you know, full of miners. It's a quad con that's sealed up that, uh, you can, you can place on site, um, near a transformer or something like that. And, and obviously start mining, um, mining pool services, you know, uh, different, different organizations in terms of the way they're, they're cooling these ASIC miners, you know, and there's, that's the thing is like everybody out there seem to be, be getting along like this, you know, you guys do it this way because of maybe this environment or you guys do it this way because of the environment you're in or, or the, uh, the, the power that you have available or, you know, the, the, the climate or, or whatever it is like all of these different solutions are popping up all over the place to fit, you know, mining all over the world. And one of the things that's it, the things that's chasing this is things like stub, uh, substations, like the, the guys from, uh, Virginia, Georgia transformers and, uh, places like that, where they are engineering a step down from boy, some monster wattage. I don't even remember what some of these things were running at, but they are huge. But to see the the amalgamation of tech that's being you know pushed into the space, whether it is uh, human interface, whether it is the exchange, whether it's the broker, 
uh, the miner, the the electricity, or the the people who are you know putting you know those those physical things into the universe. What you're looking at, and which I think is really um, one of the most fascinating pieces of this, is you're looking at a at technology that's been brought to fruition in maybe a year, you know, since the the last conference, something's new and the, that space to be filled with the, the absolute geniuses. I mean, young geniuses that are solving problems right now in real time to make Bitcoin more and more, um, relevant, uh, to bring around mass adoption what you're what we're doing is transferring the creative uh genius from a, a a ton of people a ton of extremely smart people to the average individual in the space who can consume it in a few minutes to understand it you know i'm not going to say you're going to sit there and be a, a master of it but what a product um, manager or project manager or an engineer who's on site can tell you if you come with the right questions and you're inquisitive um, and have an open mind and some understanding of, um, you know, whatever this space is in terms of, you know, code uh, or, or manufacturing or Bitcoin in general, this, uh, this industry is taking the creative process and throwing it into hyperdrive and that's that's taking a step that's maybe going up you know 20 30,000 feet and looking at really one of the most valuable pieces of what bitcoin is doing now is it is education of something new that didn't exist in the shortest time that you could possibly imagine and to, and, and and taking it and uh, distributing that knowledge. And I think that part of this community might be one of the most powerful parts of it. Take the smartest people in the world and have them work on projects for a year and see the, the results of their work, what they came up with, what they brought to fruition, and then for you to understand what these smart people, you know, these genius level people did in that time and space to be able to, to talk about it with others, to be able to, you know, look at it from different perspectives, to discuss it, to see, you know, what applications you can even apply it to now. That is, that, that's huge value. It, there's, there's no denying, you know, you, you look at how history has been disseminated, how, um, you know, technology has been disseminated through history. This is different. And it absolutely, you know, brought smiles to my face to, to walk around and to talk to all these people in spaces like mining, which I really didn't know a whole lot about before this trip. And now I can sit here and talk about quite a bit of it in a lot of detail because of the time, the effort, um, and the... This wanting to educate people um, from the industry in the space, so I thought that was really cool. Um, another aspect of of what happened down there that I'll, I'll kind of shift into, um, you know, is is the camaraderie. So at one point, uh, went over, um, I met, uh, kind of just passed by again. It was Alex was signing some books. Uh, Safaldine Amos was there. He wrote the Bitcoin standard. I met him um, and then um, got invited to come to the Swan uh, Bitcoin party that night. The, the, I guess it was first night outside of industry. And I'll tell you, um, thanks, Alex, again, if you hear this. Uh, thank you to Swan, uh, Corey, uh, and, and Alex at Swan uh, for for the invite and for, for having me out, man. This this was an event. Uh, this This event... You had some of the absolute biggest names in the space there. And, uh, you know, for me, like I walked in, uh, Alex was at the front door and, you know, talking to uh, some people. So I just kind of moved in, finished up some text with my wife. 
uh, as I'm going into this, you know, kind of a mixer, you know. And so uh, as I'm as I'm finishing up some text with my wife in this little uh, hallway that leads to the bathroom, it's quiet. Greg Voss steps in front of me. And if you guys don't know who Greg Voss is, you should. Um, he did a ton of work in Canada, uh, not only with this uh, Bitcoin, um, you know, Hong Kong huddle type of, you know, work, but also um, he has been in, you know, the the Royal Canadian Bank, I don't know, or was in it for, I don't know, 20, 30 years or something like that. Super smart guy, uh, can talk finance and banking at levels that, you know, most people are never going to understand. And then that's me included. Uh, but he also brings it down to a kind of a, a mathematical type of understanding. And that's where I kind of fell in love with it, you know, in terms of providing a knuckle dragger crayon eater like me with a, uh, an understanding of what, uh, Bitcoin will mean in the future. And when, you start to understand, you know, like the, the bond market, the, the fact that there's, I don't know, $400 trillion or something in bonds that are complete crap. If you don't know what bonds are, bonds are aptly named. It's, it's how the, the government obviously enslaves a population. They take a, they bond you to the credit that they're borrowing from central banking cabals uh, f- to spend today that you'll pay back tomorrow, that your kids will pay back and, you know, so and so and so on. Those bond markets, obviously, uh, 10, you know, 5, 10, 20, 30 year bonds are sold by government to pay for today, right? And so if you invest in one of those, sometimes you'll get, I don't know, three, five, seven percent back. The problem, and obviously, in, in a hyperinflation type environment where, you know, the real inflation rate is somewhere around 20% and you're only getting 7% back on a bond. You got a you got a real shit bond. You're you're losing money, and people don't stand for that kind of stuff. People don't stand for losing money, especially big money. And so they're going to be looking for a place to, you know, hedge against the the loss of their production, the loss of their their work, the loss of their energy that they've that they've put into this universe. And so at four hundred trillion, if Bitcoin is an alternative to that, which it is. And make, make make no mistake, a lot of people are just waiting on some definitions to come from government, which I don't understand. But I'll talk about that in, in a minute. But as this money creeps into those areas, explained by Greg Foss, you're talking about $1 million, $2 million of Bitcoin. And that's just for starters, right? Like you're just talking about maybe 10%. At 21 million Bitcoin, there are... 56 or 54, somewhere in there, 56, 54 million millionaires on earth. There are only 21 million Bitcoin. That means that most millionaires will never own an entire Bitcoin. And as Bitcoin is deflationary, that amount is just going to continue to rise over time as it becomes more and more scarce because either people lose wallets, people lose Satoshi, people die off and they don't leave it in some sort of inheritable format for people. You're, you're talking about wealth that is just going to build and build and build and build over time because of its scarcity. And I think that's really something amazing uh, and, and deductive that Greg has been able to pass on, not to mention Greg is also one of those guys um, that is also super keen on you living your life, right? It's like, go out and live your life. Stop staring at whatever the price of Bitcoin is. Uh, Stop, you know, staying online the entire time. Go out and enjoy the fruits of your labor. So for him to be a guy that's taken action, that can explain, that can um, teach uh, very complicated things in a very succinct, smart, understandable way for everybody else to, to be like the first guy that I run into in the hallway over there. Um, and you know, he's, he's a big guy. Uh, he's, he's, I think a couple inches taller than I am. And, um, you know, just to see a smile on his face, I was like, I looked up from my phone as he stepped right in front of me and I said, you know, holy shit. (laughs) Great boss. And he's like, he just all smiles. He's like, yeah, Hey man, what's going on? 
And I said, oh, man, I'm, I'm a huge fan of yours. And, um, you know, thank you for, you know, everything. And so we just, we talked for a couple a couple minutes right there. Um, and, you know, to, 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 to meet your, the heroes in this space that are really cool people uh, that are so down to earth that, you know, give you the time, um, take those conversations and, you know, maybe even sign some signatures or take, you know, selfies with you, whatever, you know, like this is kid and candy store stuff for me. Like I'm not with like this with actors. I'm not like this with, you know, uh, most people in, in just life. Cause most people are just, they don't, they don't get me excited. You know, the, the merit of what they're doing in this world I don't know, probably just doesn't rise to whatever threshold that is that I think they're important. At any rate, Greg's one of those guys. Um, got to go around and met uh, damn near, I think, anybody and everybody who was there from uh, Swan and a lot of people from Bitcoin Magazine. Um, and then, you know, to to be up on the roof of you know, Guy Swan, uh, man, you, your brother, uh, that was cool just to kind of run into you guys. And, um, if you guys don't know guy Swan, you should, he runs uh, the Bitcoin audible podcast. Absolutely. Um, treasure in this space. The guy, uh, takes a lot of articles, um, similar to what I did with, uh, Bitcoin is not democratic and he talks about it, but guy's been doing this since probably about 2011. So to, un- to, to be in his audience, to, to be the guys that, um, you know, have, have done as much as they have in terms of study, in terms of, you know, putting forth the effort to help other people understand the space with commentary at the end, uh, to really give their understanding of the knowledge that's coming out to kind of round it off. Unbelievable. Uh, because this, obviously the space is evolving super fast. So there's, there's a curve, uh, there's definitely a learning curve. So that was, uh, that was awesome. And, Let's see. Um, I think, you know, th- this is probably, you know, one of the highlights. Yeah. Um, I also hang out with these guys um, in Twitter spaces quite often uh, from uh, Toxic Happy Hour. And on Twitter, on Twitter spaces, um, Pub Lord and, uh, and uh, Anders, man, to run into you guys on that roof and not know that you guys were going to be up there, man, like, y- these are salt of the earth. Like, this is... This is what Bitcoin needs a lot of. I mean, just anybody and everybody that is good-willed, good-natured, has everybody else's, you know, concern. Like these, I, I, I don't want to say it in a, in a bad way, but like if you had dads in Bitcoin that were just cool as hell and you know the and and chill, these are those guys. Um, they are charismatic, they are confident, they are kind, funny as hell. And to, to sit, you know, to have a couple beers and, and hang out and, and just, you know, get in this groove that it, that was that space was that's, that's what that whole place is. That whole place is, you know, as I say that the whole, most of what I encountered in this space is exactly that caring kind funny as hell very deep um in terms of the conversations you'll get into very quickly um to to walk the entire gambit of this new ecosystem with them including spiritual like it's it's unbelievable um so you know i geeked out uh, talking with those guys and and had a good time um and then um, Suzanne and, and Alex, man, I, I got to, to meet um, Alex, obviously from Swan, uh, to finally sit down and, and hang out. Man, uh, Alex is in the Navy, and so obviously being a Marine, we've got one of those uh, kindred relationships from the very beginning. Another just absolutely down-to-earth guy that um, has helped me in the space is, is absolutely he, – he runs Cafe Bitcoin. It is every um, – every weekday on Twitter spaces. And I think it's uh, 10 Eastern to uh, 12 Eastern and awesome show. They have huge names. I mean, ab- every day, huge names dropping in on that show. And it's uh, it's really amazing to take in everything from 
the the security side of the house to the cultural side to the legislative side to the um, you know the, the world politics of what's what's happening. I mean, it's it's anything and everything. So for two hours a day, they have some of the brightest minds in Bitcoin, and I mean these are Bitcoin maxis to the uh, nth degree that are you know. Tr- basically trailblazers in this place. So got to sit down with him and his wife and we just had, you know, a great conversation. Um, no, another, you know, like you're just making friends for life here uh, and, and seeing, you know, that you're in the right place. So I finally got back to the hotel that night, crashed. I think it was like one o'clock in the morning. Um, got up, did a lot of work the next day until um, it was, you know, my, my work work was over and then got back out to the conference. And during, uh, the second day I, I went in and caught the, um, the speeches that were going on. Um, a couple of the, I guess, bigger names. I didn't get to see George Jorgensen and Yang. I did watch it later and maybe good place to comment on that now. Um, you know, if if you're going to be somebody in politics that's going down there and and representing liberty, uh, make sure that you're you know what you're talking about on any on any given thing that you're talking about. Because if you don't, you're going to get found out. I mean, you 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 are. If you don't know the difference between crypto and Bitcoin, if you talk about it as they're synonymous, or if you talk about it as if you're going to control it as a politician, I got news for you. Like you're going to suck the energy out of that room. And so, um, let's see, you know, I, I did the, did the political panel kind of suck the air out of the room? I think they did a little bit, you know, and that's the thing is a lot of times politicians want to talk about themselves. Um, and I find that really, really, I don't know, odd, the ideas are what get people excited and, and being able to read the room and, and understand that they don't give a shit about what some politician did two years ago on a campaign trail. They don't care. Um, they want to know what your understanding of their community, their ideas, their, their energy is. And that's the piece that I think, a lot of uh, most politicians absolutely miss it's, you know, look at what I can do for you. Look at what I tried to do for you. Look at, you know, me, 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 me when it's no man, like this is the idea. How do we further the idea? How do we empower the people that can push ideas and not you never, never you, this, the idea, how do you empower people to the ideas that, you believe in, in this space. So, you know, I guess that's my, my one thing. And and I'm going to comment on, um, you know, Joe, uh, Jorgensen, which, you know, I got to have, uh, you know, brunch with her. I got invited to come have a brunch with her, um, on Saturday morning, which I'll get to in a minute. But I do want to say that just up front, you know, as a kind of a blanket statement, not specifically aimed at Joe or anything else, but just, in general, my perception of the political panel, um, Yang absolutely got destroyed up there. And, you know, some behind the, behind the scenes for Yang, um, I got to meet, uh, with a lot of Joe's team behind the scenes while I was out there and to, to kind of hear what was going on between, uh, you know, the Yang gang that was there. Apparently they're a bunch of kids. Um, that have no idea about anything. Basically, they think because Andrew's in tech that he's going to be well-received in Bitcoin, and he hasn't done the research. He's not part of this community. He got questioned about um, freeing uh, Ross Ulbrich while he was on stage. He had no fucking clue who he was. None. Um, And in this community, like I'm going to share a story with you guys here in in a few that um, I think really kind of paints that picture of what this community is. But at any rate, um, when, when all of that was going down, I just, uh, I, I was not there. I, I caught it yesterday, finally on YouTube with the political panel. And just, I, I wanted to say those few things. Then, um, 
the, I guess it was early afternoon, uh, sometime probably around three o'clock or so when, uh, Jordan Peterson took the stage, uh, for a, a fireside chat and Jordan's coming down this path. Um, and I, and I think he makes some very good points, but I also saw him have some revelation. So some of the good points I think that Jordan makes is you don't know what you don't know about the space and to, to kind of sum up, you know, what you don't know about what you don't know in the space is that, you know, a lot of us talk about how Bitcoin is going to revolutionize the world. It's going to be amazing. Kumbaya, yeah, 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 yeah. There's going to be some friction. There's going to be some some things that need to unwind slower than they're going to unwind, and that's going to cause uh, disruption. It's going to cause cause friction. It's going to probably cause some violence, and it's not going to be all lottie die. And I think you know that that caution of you know at least putting forth realistic expectations, managing those expectations is a really uh, keen insight from, from Jordan Peterson. And I, I definitely agree. You know, it's like libertarianism. You know, it's if if libertarians were quote unquote ever in power, which is not, shouldn't be the libertarian's goal. It should be to, you know, obviously decentralize power and disrupt power and, and make it as local as possible down to the individual. It's not going to be perfect. You know, it's not that you're going to be rich and you're going to have, you know, everything that you possibly need. And it's not that you're going to, um, you know, sing, you know, we're going to cure cancer and, and everything else overnight. That's not how, that's not what this is. It's simply a, a move to a decentralized world where the state doesn't have centralized control and power, force and coercion, the monopoly on violence where you get to make consentful decisions in everything that you do, which for a lot of people doesn't I, I think maybe for a lot of people it sounds scary, but for this crowd, it doesn't like this crowd is like, no, we are the innovators. When problems come about, we can solve them or we know people who can, we can reach out and we can touch those people. These people are problem solvers. And I think if you want to not be scared about what's going to, what's coming down, um, you know, this, this fall of the American empire, this is the space you want to be in. You want to be in the space of problem solvers. You want to be in the space where people are trying to decentralize. You want to be in the space where, you know, they're trying to remove and, and separate money from the murderers and the thieves. That's, that's the promise is the force and coercion from the state is not something that we believe in. It's something that we're going to relegate to the dustbins of history. And we're going to look back and be like, man, we were cavemen. You know, thank God that this, this group of people, remarkable group of people put away their, their bullshit and came together. Um, one of the, one of the things that Jordan Peterson kind of talked about, um, and it was kind of asked about from an earlier talk was the, uh, kind of the, the biblical sense of the tower of Babel and, and all of this in terms of, you know, uh, too big to fail. And it was, you know, the, the comment, you know, was kind of in terms of biblical, um, you know, cycles and, and, and prophecy and all that kind of stuff. So when we look at the 2008, 2009, you know, crisis in, in terms of, you know, everything falling apart economically. When they got bailed out, you know, that was the hubris of the Federal Reserve System, the fiat system, the central banking cabal system that's out there. And not understanding that it needs to fail, that it needs to crash. And summing it up into the understanding that it's not that it's too big to fail. It is, it's that it's so big that it has to fail. Super, super important. We we're watching this. I mean, it, this thing has to fail to, for anybody that's watching what we're doing in the space to think that you want to go back to a gold standard or greenbacks or a, or, or wind the clock back or just make hard money. Like that's, that's the past. It didn't work. The constitution didn't work. The fiat system didn't work. The central banking doesn't work. None of this shit works. It didn't work then. It's not going to work now. Gold's not going to work in the future. It's not. 
it's going to be looked at as a mineral that we use in maybe fairly expensive. Um, and I don't know back then, I don't know, maybe we look at gold as fairly cheap, you know, uh, but it, it, it's obviously got a manufacturing component to it. Fairly important in a lot of things. Maybe it's best used in those places and it's not worth tons and tons of money or tons and tons of Satoshis. That's, that's, I think kind of, you know, where we, we kind of need to see all this. We need to see that this is, we're not going backwards. We're not, you know, reinventing anything. We're moving forward with new tech, new people. Like this is, this is a absolutely new paradigm. I'm not saying you can't borrow from the past. What I'm saying is, is trying to go back and make something work that failed is not going to, is not the way forward. And you're going to get run over. Um, that's, or I should say run over. You're going to get left behind. If that's where you think you're going, if that's where you want your efforts, I don't know. And maybe it's from being a Marine and packing up and leaving so many things in the past. But to be able to leave the system, I mean, if you look at really what what we see right now, this entire amalgamation of the system that we're in, ugh, gross. I mean, seriously, if you could walk into a different system right now that was decentralized with less force and coercion, you'd probably do it, wouldn't you? I know I would. Like, this is the door. This is this is that hatch. Um, running up into 47 minutes. So um, let's get into really, I think, probably what's going to bring this whole thing home and where I'm going and where I want you guys, I invite you to come with me. Okay, I'm going to get a sip of coffee here. Man, it's hot. I'm sitting here with a full cup of coffee in in like a, a Yeti type of um, tin. I, I, this is how I drink my coffee because I like my coffee hot. And <laughs> the little inside baseball here, um, this is how I make it every morning. Just throw it in a cup, throw the top on it, come up here and, and start getting after it. And sometimes I'm 15 minutes into a show before I take a sip. So it's still hot. Excuse me for sipping coffee in your ears. Thank you, guys. Um, this is... This is the revelation part. Um, this is Saturday. So Friday, I had a, a conversation with Dan Fishman, uh, who's running People for Liberty. And um, and Andrea, thank you. Um, Andre from uh, from the LP uh, Georgia. A good friend. And just very, I mean, super, super nice. She comes running in around 6 o'clock at night uh, to the convention hall as I'm leaving. She goes, no time to explain where you've been. Let's go. Um, and... I was like, all right, man, you know, when, when somebody from the LP in Georgia comes screaming by at a million miles an hour and says, no time to talk, let's ride, you ride. Um, and so we run to the back and, you know, nothing on fire. She, she had some things going on, but I got to sit down with, um, Holly who runs operations for Joe Jorgensen and Dan, who is, um, working, uh, his, his ass off on people for Liberty. Um, I, this is, this is going to be really cool guys. Like this is something that I've talked about, um, in the past, especially with them, because it was just one of those things that kind of came up and I said, you know, we need a place where, uh, our industries are highlighted, where people can spend their money with people who are of like mind, who are on like mission and all that kind of stuff. And and Dan Fishman, um, and his crew have put together, uh, people for Liberty and they're getting ready to launch. I think at any, at any time, um, they were all super friendly. Um, a lot of stress going on that day, especially, um, with Joe and, you know, moving her around and getting her where she needs to be and everything else. And so, um, at the end of a very stressful day, uh, some open minds with some people that I don't know, that come to libertarianism from, you know, completely different walks of life than I do. And that's the thing is, you know, all this Twitter bullshit that goes on guys like I, it's not real. It's not, it's not fucking real life. And one of one of my, you know, I guess tactics in the space, one of one of my missions is to just kill people with kindness. You know, people think that, you know, just because you're part of the Mises Caucus that you're some some bombastic asshole in life, and you're not. Um, you know, especially, like, I, man, I'm, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You probably know who you are on Twitter. Um, you're probably a lot nicer, especially in front of me. You know, people that get in front of me and uh, that have been on Twitter, man, they're a lot nicer in person. Uh, 
<laughs> and I don't know if that's, um, you know, just it, it dawns on them. You know, a lot of times if, if you can snatch the life out of people, they, they tend to show you a little more respect in person. So at any rate, um, we had great conversation. Uh, and it, by the end of it, uh, Dan had invited me to come um, to this brunch that Joe was having the next morning and, and you know, invited me and gave me a ticket to come. And I uh, said, yeah, you know what? Uh, happily, um, I'll, I'll be there. And so this this conference, there was notably two, you know, my uh, Joe was there, obviously, Libertarian. She obviously was the nominee for president from the Libertarian Party in 2020. I mean, say what you will, she ran for president, and she's been on a ballot in all 50 states in um, twice in her life. That's that's not a small accomplishment, you know. There's got to be some kind of political will behind her. And I, you know, I really haven't ever sat down had any conversations with Joe. I, I really haven't. Um, we've been in a number of events. Um, she's been kind enough to have me open, you know, an event down here in Atlanta to kind of work the crowd and get them excited, which was great. Um, kind of, you know, gave me a stage to to get found out, you know, to to have people say, oh, oh shit, you know, there's another guy down here. So, you know, to to be invited to this, you go. You, you don't. You, this this nonsense about you know. Prags and you know LPMC that you know we've got to be enemies, man. You don't, you you definitely don't. And I know you know how this thing goes, and there's a, there's enough blame. Um, and I'm not gonna sit here and say like you know the corruption that we've seen over the past couple of years isn't a problem. It is, and you know, but it's not everybody. And I don't think it was. You know, I don't definitely don't think it was Joe, um, Dan, like, you know, like we've had our differences in the past, but to, to come to this event, to see what they were doing, uh, and to be surrounded by amazing people, I got to run into a lady that's, you know, one of my heroes. I had her on the rebellion. Her name is Lynn Ulbrich. And if you guys don't know Lynn Ulbrich, you should know Lynn Ulbrich. Lynn Ulbrich is Ross Ulbrich's mom. He created the Silk Road, which was just a website, and he got two life sentences plus 40 years because it was a website that pissed off the Federal Reserve, the banking cabal. It pissed off a bunch of really, really um, powerful people in government. And so they made an example out of him. He's sitting out in Tucson, I guess, in, in a prison at a federal level, and his mom has worked tirelessly anywhere and everywhere that she can to free her son. And, you know, I said, good morning. And as we sat down and we were sitting at the same table, um, I reintroduced myself cause we had never actually met in person. And she, she remembered and to, to have a woman that meets that many people remember the kindness and, you know, the fact that you have a history that, you know, and you shared an hour plus on, on a show that was only audio at the time on the rebellion, really a cool moment. Um, so I had, I had breakfast with her and it was, it was great. Um, you know, uh, in, in that same room, Martha Buena shows up and I know, you know, for a lot of people, she is not their cup of tea. That, that woman is, uh, extremely giving. She has helped, uh, Lynn Ulbrich, um, uh, for I think the past couple of years down here. Um, she, you know, they both live in Miami. Uh, Lynn lived with Martha for a while and for her to show her that kind of, uh, charity to, to, to bring her in as part of the family, you know, that's, that's what this movement needs. That's what this, you know, we have to be as a people, you know, we have to be those people that are charitable, that are taking care of our own, that are moving towards causes and obviously and taking risk, you know, being associated with Lynn Ulbrich, um, and, and Ross Ulbrich, I mean, you're not talking about, you know, a, a risk off type of, uh, situation. You're talking about, you know, risk on you're inviting, you know, uh, risk to your life in those situations. And Ross is right up there, uh, with Assange and with Snowden. In, in my book, anyway. <clears throat> Excuse me, let me grab some more. 
can feel my, my voice going. So that, um, that last day, um, we, we got over to the conference after almost getting Martha's, uh, SUV towed, went back with her and Lynn to help Lynn get up to her booth, make sure she was good. Um, and then walked around and just had amazing conversations. Um, and there are going to be people that I leave out, but, uh, Sir Ulrich, um, Pubby and Anders ran into those guys again, ran into Luke again. I ran into guys that I'd seen all over the floor that day, just coming up, um, after that from different organizations saying what's up and, you know, like literally remembering like, holy shit, you know, like this is really, this is cool. Um, but, uh, ran into Mark Moss, had a great conversation, uh, with him. Um, I mean, just un- unreal to, to run into all of these people. And at the end of it, you know, as, as we're kind of, I guess, wrapping up the, the, the afternoon and the concerts were cool. Don't get me wrong. Like it was super loud and like there was other stuff going on in the background, but we were, you know, we were trying to have conversations and, and just kind of chill out and, and have a good time. So Martha comes, you know, back down and says, Hey, um, we need some help getting Lynn packed up and, and, you know, taking her all, all of her stuff and, and getting it to the truck. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I said, yeah, yeah, no problem. Cool. I was hanging out, um, with my buddy, Andrew, another force recon Marine man, uh, Andrew, so cool to run into you down there. Um, between him and Anders and Pubby and Ulrich, man, to, to have those guys around in that situation, I said, Hey, um, you know, this is what I'm going to do. You guys are welcome to join me. Um, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to help Martha with Lynn's booth. Let me explain to you guys who Lynn is or ask you if you know who she is. And they obviously, um, they all knew her when I started saying, Oh yeah, you know, Ross Ulbrich, like everybody knew who it was. And they said, you know, Oh man, she's here. You know her. And I was like, yeah, man, you want to look like, let's go help her. And everybody just jumped too. So you have all these dudes just mobbing up the escalators to get to Lynn Ulbrich to help her out, you know? And, so, you know, they're breaking stuff down. They're putting things together. Um, everybody's got a, an armful of whatever they can carry. Um, and, you know, I mean, golly, um, Ulrich was trying to carry stuff. And he got, he just had wrist surgery, for God's sakes. But, you know, as, as we're, you know, packing up and, and getting her out, you know, you, you kind of see some things come into focus. And, you know, for, for this to kind of be, you know, one of those big takeaways for me you know this this is kind of um sappy love hippie shit that you guys are going to get from me sometimes right like you you guys are going to get the feels you guys are going to get um the rawness the culture the ability to step back from a situation and kind of realize that you're what you're witnessing um i try to i try to be in those moments a lot um especially you know in, in those type of situations so if you can picture this you've got Lynn Ulbrich, who's 70 plus, who is at the pinnacle of this, you know, group of dudes that's got armfuls of her stuff and she's leading us to where we need to go. She's telling us and, uh, you know, having conversation and everything else. And I'm like looking at these guys and I was like, guys, I said, you guys want to understand who, a, who the boss in this situation and it is not, not like a, in a bad way but because she had earned respect for the life that she's lived for the son that she's raised. I mean, you got a bunch of dudes that just hop to at the biggest conference in, I own in, in Bitcoin. I don't know if it's the biggest conference in terms of you know money and all that kind of stuff. I don't know what those, the shysters do in New York, but I guarantee you, you know, the, the hedge fund managers and shit like that, they're not jumping up to take care of, Lynn Ulbrich. They probably don't know who she is. Yang doesn't know who she is. She's at a, a brunch with Joe Jorgensen. And Martha Bueno was taking care of her. So in this space, to see respect earned and shown to Lynn Ulbrich from a bunch of dudes that have really never met her, but know of her and know what her story is and her history and who her son is to be kind of like, you know, pointing us 
to where she needs us. And everybody's just happy as hell realizing this. And, you know, we're all talking in the background. We're like, this is, this is what Bitcoin does. This is the cultural shift where you start to see this low time preference. This, we're going to work. We're going to save for tomorrow. We're going to push and push and push where it may not even make a difference in some of these people's lifetimes. But we're going to do it for another generation. We're going to do it for that generation. We're going to do it for the generation after that. We are going to write some things. To see that expressed in that moment with a bunch of guys, you know, taking direction from this little old lady um, who is very feisty. Don't get me wrong. She's, she is a force to, to contend with. But, man, she basically hooked us up with the people that we needed to, to get with, to follow, and said, hey, thank you very much. Appreciate it. It was great having you guys and, and meeting you. I've got other things to go do now. And, you know, we were awarded with a beer at the truck and made some more new friends. But it was just that moment. And I go back to a conversation that I had with Joe, that I had with Martha. This is the moment for us. This is the moment for the people who want to learn and who want to work. This is the community that is already formed, that has open arms, that just says, put away your bullshit. And I'm, I'm telling you guys, like this is it. This is the vehicle. This is, this is where we have to go. They are laser focused on what the end goal is. You wonder why they have laser eyes? It's because that's what it is. They, they, you know, laser eyes is one of those things you'll see on Twitter all over the place. You see somebody with laser eyes, it's probably because they're in Bitcoin, especially the orange ones, right? And there are a lot of people that will have red and purple. And all. Yes, some people will even have, you know, crypto blue or whatever. I, I don't know. Whatever you like, doesn't matter. The, the point is, these guys are focused like fucking lasers on destroying the paradigm that is the concentration of power, the, the, the creation of money by the state. They are going to destroy these people. It is the, it's the most asymmetric advancement of the human species against the powerful elite that I have ever seen. And they're not into our bullshit. They are not into politics in terms of he said, she said, all your personal stuff. If you're not an asset, you're a liability. Go fix your shit. And when you fix it, cool, get back in here and let's keep working. You know, that's, that, that is not what I can say for a lot of the experiences I've had in the LP. It's not. And so the question becomes is, how do I take everybody from the LP? Stop the bullshit. Get them laser focused into Bitcoin. That's my mission. To take these people who want freedom, who are advocating, who are fighting, who are taking action on a daily basis and introduce them to Bitcoin. Introduce them to this community that has the vehicle that's going to destroy the system, that's going to decentralize it, that's going to create peace. You know, when you talk about, you know, the teachings of Christ, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, and all of these people, that's what this community embodies. There is something really really special about it and you know it ain't it's a cult (laughs) it's not a cult um but i'll tell you a lot of the love a lot of the philadelphia the inspiration and everything else that comes from it is absolutely the, the 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 experience 
that I'll never forget. And it's something that I want to pass on to everybody else. So I'm going to tell you right now, tickets for next year, 250 I've got mine. I'm going. Move heaven and earth next year to go. I don't know exactly. I don't even, maybe it'll be in Miami. Maybe it won't. I don't know. I hope, I kind of hope that they move it around. I hope they move it around to different places uh, to get maximum exposure over time. At any rate, get your tickets. Go experience it. There's going to be a, a apparently a Bitcoin Bitcoin only event in LA. I think in September. Uh, that's being put on by Swan Bitcoin, and um, you know probably be at that one too. It's it's I mean it's exciting to see where this place is going, to see where the space is going, uh, to to help other people get there. Man, Georgia, you better hold on to your butts. You know, I'm going to take this Bitcoin governor thing and I am going to ratchet it as far up as I can just to help people learn. You know, the objective is not power. The objective is freedom. The objective is being sovereign. It is holding your own keys to your own wallet with your own Satoshis. That simple. I don't care what you do with your time, your space, any of that kind of stuff. Like, that's you. I don't care about your squabbles. I don't care. We have to unite. We have to put away our bullshit. I was able to do it with Joe and Martha Bueno this weekend because they were there and they see it. They see it clearly. And I got to tell you, I want everybody else to see it. I want everybody else to experience it. And that's my mission from here out. Laser focus. I'm done with the bullshit. I'm not getting involved. I don't fucking care. I don't. Mission number one, adoption of Bitcoin, legal tender here in Georgia and around the world, period. If you guys want to help, you guys want to be on that mission, you guys want to follow, man, we, we need more and more people. Share the hell out of all of this kind of stuff. Um, that might be my bonus episode for this week. I got I got a part two of Ron Paul's Revenge to get to. Uh, I got to get back to finishing up the Alexander uh, Svetsky pieces. Uh, I think I got maybe two more left. Part four, maybe part five of Bitcoin is not democratic. And then we're going to get into lots of of interviews with these guys. Lots of interviews with people who are crushing it in the space. Um, and I'll tell you, I can't wait to introduce you to all of these amazing people, authors, people in Bitcoin Magazine, people who are out just busting their ass in the space. So uh, I'm at an hour eight. I'm going to wrap it up. Holy moly. That was a condensed version, people. <laughs> I hope you guys have a great Tuesday. I will catch you back here later in the week. Until then, I love you. I need you. Peace. Um, don't hurt people and don't take their stuff.